Hello, product innovators. Today, we learn from one of the world's leading CAD software pioneers on agile hardware development and additive manufacturing. You're listening to the Product Startup Podcast, a show to learn from top leaders in product development, prototyping, manufacturing, product selling, and everything in between. Hosted by Kevin Macko, the leading expert on product development for physical product startups. Sponsored by PTC's two best-in-class 3D CAD product development software solutions, Onshape and Creo. And produced by Macko Design and Invent, the original firm providing world-class consumer product development services tailored specifically to startups, small manufacturers, and inventors. Welcome back, everyone. Today, I'm very excited to introduce John Hirschstick to the show. John is the co-founder of both SolidWorks and Onshape. In his 42 years of building these platforms, his software has been used to design more physical consumer products than anything else on earth. Onshape alone has over 3 million designers on the Clad software platform. Today, John is going to share some valuable knowledge for inventors, startups, and small manufacturers on why agile product development is so important for hardware startups, what additive manufacturing can do to facilitate agile development, and how modern tools are making easier than ever to get to market faster at a higher quality and iteratively. Now, on to the episode. Hi, John. Welcome to the show. Kevin, great to be here. Really excited to have you on today. You are one of the pioneers of CAD software. Millions and millions of users around the world use your software from the early days of SolidWorks to the incredible Onshape software, which is used by over 3 million people around the world now to design the next great innovations. You've been doing this for over 40 years so we're really excited today to talk about, first of all, I want to know the story, how you got from where you are then to the leader that you are today. And then we'll get into what's happening in the industry, especially around additive manufacturing and agile design. Okay, great. So I grew up in Chicago. I went to Chicago Public Schools. I went to high school in Des Plaines, Illinois, at the school where they filmed the movie The Breakfast Club, by the way, small trivia point. In that building, I learned both drafting on paper and computer programming. So those turned out to be two relevant skills. I was a magician when I was a kid. I sold stamps with my father on the weekends, stamps to collectors. It was a side business he had. And I learned from him a ton about how to treat customers, right? Which is something I really believe in. I majored in mechanical engineering and product design, you know, physical product design at MIT. And I did a summer internship because I knew how to program computers and I knew about mechanical engineering. I ended up at Computer Vision for an internship in 1981. And I've worked on CAD and PDM systems ever since. I worked in a number of companies. I had a startup before SolidWorks and then most notably founded SolidWorks, was a longtime CEO. They are co-founded with some other people, stayed 18 years, and then left and co-founded Onshape and was CEO there for a while. And we sold that to PTC where I am now. Oh, I also played professional blackjack on the MIT blackjack team. That's another little thing. And I learned from that too. Everything contributes, you know. So let's talk about what's happening in the world of product development, specifically around additive manufacturing and agile. And then most importantly, what are the tools that are enabling this to happen? I know we use obviously Onshape and PTC mm -hmm. software all the time at the design house. The key there is understanding how that actually trickles back to the technologies that are emerging simply to make it easier, faster, better, higher quality, more innovative, et cetera, for hardware startups to get their new ideas out to the real market. Okay. Well, those are great topics, Kevin. Happy to talk about those. Let's start with Agile. In summary, we're seeing 
hardware developers change the process they use. Maybe not you, because it sounds like you were ahead of the curve with agile type thinking. But everywhere I go, we're seeing people basically build hardware the way they build software a little bit, you know, a little bit more moving in that direction, using an agile process. What do we mean by agile process? Well, there's no two uses of agile that are the same. Everyone does agile a little differently, but generally what it means is working in sprints, short periods of time, a series of short sprints, instead of a long Gantt chart for a year or two, you see a sprint plan for a few weeks, and then we readjust the next few weeks plan. Just that alone can be part of Agile. Then there's an emphasis on producing at the end of each sprint as close as possible to a deliverable product. Then there's an attitude of hyper collaboration where it works. It really works. Anyone who's interested can look at the Agile manifesto online. Atlassian, a maker of Jira, they have fantastic resources about Agile Online. And soon I'm publishing a white paper with Professor Stephen Eppinger of MIT, world expert on product design process that will be coming out. Many things. We're going to have a lot of discussion about Agile at our upcoming LiveWorks conference in May 15th through 18th in Boston. So anyway, lots to learn about Agile. So what we're seeing, why are we seeing people do this? I think there's four reasons why Agile, why now? One is everyone who's building hardware is building software. I'm sure you see that many of your products would have software. And the software community has gone all Agile, basically. From none of it, when I got into software, or even 20 years ago, no one ever heard of the word Agile. Today, it's the standard. So think about that. Huge shift. So software is Agile. Two, the workforce that you have today. Joining the workforce, they're naturally Agile thinkers. They're used to real-time collaboration. They're used to working more quickly. I'm, I'm sure you see that in the emerging people you hire. I know I see it. They're comfortable with the tools. They don't send paper mail. They communicate by text, Discord, Slack. It's a different world. Real-time collaboration globally, that's daily life for them in their classes and their video games. So software workforce, third reason is change. The world of the product design and the world around them changing constantly at rates we never saw. I mean, changes in, of course, in supply chain, who's available to make things, the availability of components, the availability of raw materials, the costs you're paying for all these things, more volatility than ever, the prices that you can charge for products, more volatile than ever, the quantities you need to produce things at, more volatile than ever, who's on your team, where they're working, even the consumer preferences change faster than ever. As I talk to our customers, you would know this better than I would. So in this world of volatile change all around the product developer, you need a process that can adapt to that. You know, not, oh, well, we set our plan a year ago. Well, who can set a plan for a year these days and stay on it? You have to adjust and replan. And then finally, the fourth reason is the tools are there. You can do Agile on paper if you want, but in the software world, new tools came along, GitHub, Jira. In the hardware world, we use some of those same tools, Jira, but you have Onshape that we've built, Arena, you have, and hardware developers are using things like Miro and Smartsheet. All these things are sort of the signature tools. So the four reasons are software, workforce, change, and tools are all converging to drive agile in hardware development. So effective, yeah. especially for hardware startups, because hardware startups have this great advantage over the big corporations. They can move yeah. fast. They're nimble. You've got innovative ideas that you're bringing to the table. I mean, that's the invention. Most of the clients that come to Maco Design, they've come up with some 
improvement or reduced a pain point or saw a connection between two objects that would make it better. Whatever the innovation might be, you've come up with some stroke of genius, let's call it, and you figured yeah. out that core innovation. Can I just reflect on that for a moment? You said startups. What's interesting to me, Kevin, I don't know if you agree, is today, I would say the cool product developers are startups or people who want to work like startups. You get a lot of large companies today that come to us and say, John, we're changing the way we work. We're interested in using Onshape. I mean, big companies. You would know the names. They want to work like startups. It used to be people would come to us and say, we want to build a product the way the big companies do. Now people are like, we want to work like a startup because in the big industries, they're realizing that they've got to change the processes. So I have CTOs of multi-billion dollar companies coming in to talk to meet with us in our work at PTC and Onshape and saying, John, we want to work like a startup. How do we do it? How do we get our team to be agile, innovative, faster cycle times, more innovation? They get it and they're watching it happen. Thinking like a startup is very in vogue, even if you're not a startup. I'm glad you brought that up because it's quite interesting. Over the years, I've got a huge influx, especially more recently from big companies that are hiring us, even though we're specifically a design for manufacturing firm for startups. They're calling yeah. us and we've got a whole bunch of corporate clients. You can see some of the names on our website. They say, we want that style of product development in some old dodgy industry, or maybe it's like a new hot product that they're trying to really innovate and be fresh and modern and forward thinking, or they want to learn how to develop agile like a startup because the reality is, especially from what we see in the startup world, especially from what you talked about regarding those four points is, I think most startups want to be and generally are developing the agile framework. If we look all the way back to product development, one of the core things that most startups want to do is design and engineer something to get to an end state that you mentioned, which is the prototype, break the prototype to learn from it. That's what the engineers want to do. Obviously, the client wants to like see it and play with it and possibly market it and then tweak and refine based on both the internal engineering feedback. How do we make it better? Better, but also external collaborative feedback with potential stakeholders, primarily customers, especially as you evolve yeah. your product from a rough prototype into a refined, into a maybe a short production run. And that's what we can talk about soon with additive. But how do we actually start getting both internal feedback from engineering and other stakeholders like investors, the inventor, et cetera, as well as external feedback from the market, the real market. And that allows you to pivot quickly, modify your design, and basically have that software agile framework in a hardware environment. Now, the one thing I want to mention about the difference, I would say, between software agile and hardware agile, and this is something that we profess quite heavily, especially from developing a new product as a new startup brand, is unlike software, you do need to focus on quality with your release. Whereas in hardware, you can't patch fix it and there's no bug yeah. fix. So point. you have to execute with quality and therefore you can't try and be everything to everyone or even focus on MVP or even just pre-release with something that's not quite flushed out because yeah, your product will sink right away. So that's why you know the slight difference is focus on less features, but high quality of those features and iterate in an agile framework, exactly as you're talking about. Excellent point. So let's talk a bit about additive because that's really yeah. a major layer of agile, especially in the hardware sphere where we get to kind of mimic some of the benefits of software agile, but actually start doing them in the hardware world now. You probably know 
as much about additive as I do, but I'll tell you, I, first of all, I followed additive a long time, Kevin, longer than most people know it existed. I knew Professor Ellie Sachs at MIT in the 80s when he was starting to talk about 3D printing, a real pioneer. I watched the first machines come out. I was aware of additive, you know, literally additive's been around 30 years. And then I, I was an advisor to companies like Z Corp 20 years ago. So additive's been around a long time. So when I see is some people are like, oh yeah, well, additive, you know, we've been using that for years and you know, I checked it out a few years ago. Well, it's changing every year. Okay. When I hear the word additive or 3D printing, I think about like the way computers are. You know, like you can say, well, 20 years ago, I looked at what a computer was and I thought I understood it. Well, it all changes. If you haven't really looked at it, in fact, I think if you're going to go to any convention, we want you to come to LiveWorks for PTC, but another type of convention, go look at 3D printing because it changes every year. What the machines are capable of, the materials, the techniques, the way people are using it, the level of support you get with software, it's all changing every year. This is my view. So when I go in to see my customers, whether they're people in big companies, small companies, even universities, I'm seeing changes in how it's being used. So it's being used, I would say at 100%, it's no longer whether you use it or not, because everyone's using it. The question is, how are you using it? Some people are using it, of course, for prototypes, for fixtures, tooling, and then what I'll call not fixtures or tooling, but ancillary equipment. The things you have to generally build besides your product, test rigs, you might call that tooling, I guess is fair enough, but it's not just tooling as in things that fixtures that hold things while they're machining. I go to my customers and I see it being used in such a variety of ways and end user parts. It's no longer just the trade show example or, you know, something to show from the lab, you know, look at this weird thing we made. I'm seeing incredible parts that are being added manufactured. And so basically staying at the forefront, understanding what the machines are capable of, the materials is often where the action is, I think. People focus on the machines, but the materials are where you should keep your eyes open, in my opinion. The beauty, especially in the prototyping world, is that there are so many more tools to allow us essentially to closely mimic what the end mass manufactured produced unit is going to work like, feel like, look like. So you can much more quickly de-risk your eventual manufacturing by bringing more and more of that manufacturing technology that used to require very expensive tooling in order just to test. You can now that bring so many of those tools, materials, et cetera, into the prototyping sphere to allow you to execute on the end product quicker, faster, more iterative, et cetera. There's many, many benefits in every year to become more and more, but we're seeing it now to the point where if we're doing like a final prototype pre-production, it is nearly as good as the final production, sometimes even better in a number of different ways so that you can really accurately be running a series of tests. So initially you want to be working on your physical test to ensure that the engineering and the reliability is sound. But again, as mentioned before, thinking about your end market testing, which is what's so powerful about crowdfunding as well, because you can now take a really good pre-production prototype that's staged and ready to go into manufacturing and just present that to the market in a whole variety of ways. Obviously, you have your crowdfunding campaigns, but there's pre-orders and letter of intents and partnership interest and all the rest. Lots of different ways to sell before you've even started producing product, but with a product, especially in a hardware space, that you are comfortable enough that is 99.9% .9 ready for and prepared and designed for manufacturing. And by the way, when I said the tools, going back to Agile, tying these together, and we, you already did in a big way, but you know, additive is one of the tools that enable Agile. You can come a lot closer with additive 
additive is a big tool in the box to enable some of that. So additive is on that list of when I said the fourth reason for Agile is tools. Additive is one of those tools. It's not just software tools like Onshape. I've been getting out and visiting customers. And in the first three months of, of 2023, I visited 13 user sites on site. So I love doing that. I'm seeing so many interesting things there. Let's talk a bit about the software tools that are enabling all this to happen. Onshape has obviously made major leaps and bounds in terms of connecting the concept design through to and including not only the prototyping, the additive manufacturing, but all the way through to actual full production as well. Talk a bit about the advantages of the tool sets, especially Uh, around software to enable companies like ours at Backo Design to be able to execute these products well for new hardware products. Well, we built Onshape to solve the problems that we saw. What I saw were the problems people had, especially as they try to enter the modern world of product development with getting access to software, configuring a computer, installing software. First of all, what people want to be is innovative and fast these days, and maybe save staff hours and money. Those are big things on people's minds. So with Solaris, you got to set up a special computer. You know you know what it's like. You're getting your team comes to you. Oh, we need graphics card and configuration. I need special person to set it all up and which device driver and all this stuff. Who has time for that anymore? I mean, you're working with teams all over the world. You're adding new people. So that's the first issue. Then there's the software. Oh my gosh, you know, downloads, installs, service packs, license codes, crazy click-throughs, you know, entering these long codes and license code servers. And then, by the way, the big problem is who's on what version of the system. You know this, Kevin. You deal with it all the time. You're just so used to it. It's what my partner, John Macklin, calls a ski boot problem. It's uncomfortable. We get so used to it. You're just part of life. And then you got the issue of files, data stored in files. Essentially, when we built SolidWorks, like all the systems of its era, the database we used was C colon backslash. That's the database. It's files. You know, it's just stuck on your disk and files. What does that mean? Well, it means that in order for you to work, you need a copy of the files. And now as soon as there's copies, there's problem. Well, we'll install a PDM server. Oh, that's a great idea. Now we're making more copies of files and we're locking them. Like those things are a pain in the ass. They slow you down. And people were afraid to make changes. We looked at those problems and we saw what cloud, web, and mobile were about. What was happening with Salesforce, Workday, NetSuite, Zendesk, Google Docs, basically everything was being built with cloud native. Now with cloud native, that's not like hosting the app in the cloud. That's not what it's about. It's about rethinking the app to use a different architecture. So all those systems I just mentioned, there are no files, there's nothing installed, or there's no issue with versions of the system. Everyone uses the same master instance because it's in one place in the cloud. Your tools and your data are in one place in the cloud. A database that contains design iterations and changes to your models, incredibly powerful. The result is anyone can use it anywhere. You don't have to buy special computers anymore. Sorry if you've got a person whose job it is, is to configure special computers they're going to have to go to work building more innovative products for your company instead. We run on phones and tablets. Younger people expect that. And a lot of people are like, well, Johnny, we run our CAD and our CAD workstations in the office. Well, good luck competing with people who are working around the clock, around the globe. You add a new person, no problem. You just go to the console, share data with them, boom. So the result is teams work faster. They're more innovative. 
They save a ton of people's money and time, and it's built for the modern era. That's what we're doing with Onshape. People told me it was a crazy idea, but people told me SolidWorks was a crazy idea. A big part of the value of Onshape is what you mentioned. Because you have Onshape on the cloud, you can now be collaborative. And that's a huge deal. Not only can you check it anywhere from any device at any time, and even you mentioned the phone and tablet. Yes, most CAD designers still want to work at a desk or a workstation. However, how often are you caught in a situation, either on site or you're on the train or whatever else, you need to just quickly even just check something or rotate or send an image or maybe make a light adjustment, whatever else. Well, the phones and tablets are becoming more and more powerful where you can at least do small, simple tweaks in real time. The fact that you've got this all built on the cloud allows you that massive layer that you kind of alluded to there, which is collaboration. Now we can have people all over the world working on the same file at the same time, saving version history and edit history, as opposed to saving files to some core drive. It's all done automatically and simply. So that really becomes very powerful. And I want you to go into it a bit now that we kind of an understanding of how CAD software should and is built now in the cloud for modern design. How does that apply to the coordination between prototyping into short-run manufacturing and then into full-scale manufacturing. Ah, How does that all apply? question, Kevin. I'm going to start by reflecting that Onshape, we say it's a CAD system that has PDM. It's really, Onshape really is built as a PDM system at its core with CAD built around it. So what it means is we had this design goal. Like I, I listen to your podcast and you talk about what are the key features. One of our key philosophies was have one system that would allow this breakthrough idea that you could have both speed and free and rigor. So as your process goes along, Unshape's perfect because when you're just creative firing away, you can design fearlessly. As my colleague, Greg Brown says, he says, you can design fearlessly in Unshape. When it comes time to have the rigor later in your process of, you know, release to manufacturing, approvals, notifications, design reviews, clear, traceable release management, we have that too, but we don't sacrifice one for the other. The rigor doesn't mean you give up speed and freedom, and the speed and freedom doesn't mean you give up rigor. You can choose those. You can get started with Onshape without realizing there's PDM at all. You can just go, that was our intent. Many users might be listening to this and saying, Onshape has PDM, I didn't even know that. You probably just did something simple. You don't need it. It doesn't get in the way. But when you need it, it's right there, and it's extremely powerful. Customized workflows, all these cool things, checking at release that it meets certain conditions and so forth. We do all those things. So the idea of speed and rigor fitting together in one system was very much a design goal of ours, that it could evolve as your design grows through those phases you talk about. Amazing. John, before I let you go, where can people go to download a copy of Onshape? I think you guys are offering it for free for people to test out as well. Well, we do. First of all, there's nothing to download. You can go to onshape.com to learn more. At onshape.com, yes, we have a free plan that's aimed at open source projects, maker community, things like that. If you really are professional, which I know your podcast is aimed at, then you really want to use our pro version. Go to our website and click on some things and we can set you up in a free trial of our pro version, which is what I'd recommend for professionals out there. You don't just go to the free plan and play with it. You won't really understand what it's about. Get into our professional trial, get some training. It has features in pro that you won't find in the free plan, particularly our company level, PDM features, things like that. And then we even have an enterprise plan for our larger customers. We have customers that have a thousand active users a month and they're using our enterprise plan, probably not for the startups out there, but our pro plan is where it's at. Free trial on shape.com. One more important thing, We have a startup program for startups now. We just started. It gives you a ton of benefits. If you're a qualified startup, you can go and apply onshape.com. Look for the startup program. 
Okay. Or you could probably just Google Onshape Startup Program and you'll find it. It's a really great program. Again, you have to apply to it. And if you're accepted, you get a lot of benefits. Just Google search Onshape Startup Program. John, I always really appreciate yeah. when the big companies are really helping and promoting startups. So thanks so much for you guys, not only creating great software that's extremely helpful for all steps, all the way from concept through to manufacturing, but also having programs in place really to help and accelerate the startup world. Because the reality is, and you and I talked about it before the show, startups every year becoming more and more powerful in terms of how products yeah. are developed. We talked about Absolutely. it on this show about how big corporates trying to be like startups. Big corporate is acquiring startups as well. So big corporates spending less money on developing their own products, more money on acquiring the next hot product that you, the inventors, the innovators that are listening here are bringing forward to the market. So big picture startup is incredibly important and it's amazing to see such help and collaboration from PTC and Onshape and growing the startup community around the hardware Well, space. thank you so much, Kevin. And right back at you. Thank you for what you're doing with your podcast, because I think it's a fantastic set of content for hardware startups. And as you say, you're the leader in it. It's really a great resource. And I, I really appreciate you doing it on behalf of the hardware startup community of the world. Well, thanks, John. And we hope to have you back on the show again sooner than later. And of course, for yeah. anyone, I'll put all the links below. Check out LiveWorks. Of course, it's a amazing conference yeah. that you guys are putting on, the startup program, free trial of Onshape Pro, all these sorts of things. I'll put the links below for anyone to check out. And John, thanks again for all your words of wisdom today. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks and take care. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Product Startup Podcast. If you found some value in the show, please do us a huge favor and leave us a quick five-star review. If you have any questions, guest suggestions, or anything else, feel free to reach out to us anytime at our email, podcast at macodesign.com. That's podcast at macodesign.com. This show is hosted by Kevin Macko, North America's leading expert on product development for physical product startups. Huge thanks to our sponsors, PTC, and their two best-in-class 3D CAD product development software solutions, Onshape and Creo. And Macko design and invent the original firm providing world-class consumer product development services tailored specifically to startups small manufacturers and inventors thanks for joining and see you next time